Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie, right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, we got the full Monty and a doozy for you. We'll get into the NBA Finals Game 5. We'll review it, but more. We'll talk about Jokic and the Denver Nuggets, your NBA champion. We'll break it all down from every angle. We'll talk about that here in the first segment. Next segment, uh, we'll get into something uh, that's uh, not so uh, good, not so uh, it's, it's not so pleasurable to, to, to discuss, and we'll break it all down. Texas baseball falling short to Stanford in a gut-wrenching, heartbreaking fashion, uh, something that I don't think I've ever seen, actually, in college baseball. So we'll get into that. We'll also get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Top of the 4 o'clock, J.J. Watt will be inducted into the Texans' ring of honor. We'll discuss that. Also, uh, there may be some holdouts coming up uh, already in the NFL offseason leading up until training camp. We'll discuss that and how that impacts the Dallas Cowboys and some other teams. And also, many camps going on with the Houston Texans and other teams will get to some minicamp updates from the NFL. All of that and more before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mike Hartbo-Harge. How you doing, man? Say it ain't so, Joe. Say yeah. it ain't so. Yeah, that was tough, man. It is a very, very tough mm. way to mm. end a baseball season and, to all accounts, a great game. Uh, the battles that were being game. being uh, won in between each pitch, everything that happens, it was a very, very unfortunate situation. But we'll definitely get into it. And in the Hard Knocks life, I will do my uh, dedication to Texas baseball. I like that. Uh, for this season because nice. there's a lot to unpack um, when you look at it. But nevertheless, mm, mm, mm. man, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is. It's hard. It's cringeworthy. Yeah, it's definitely It's actually kind of cringeworthy to talk about. But it we'll is. get into it. We'll, we'll definitely it we'll get into yeah. it. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Bates. I appreciate that intro. As always, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. Uh, we're pretty damn sure that he's underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? Oh, you know, just uh, just trying to figure out what I'm going to watch for the next uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, several no, no. months. So, yeah, Patrick, uh, double heartbreak for him. Heartbreak over the Texas <laughs> baseball team and the manner in which they lost versus Stanford, but also the NBA season is over. He's happy about being right, so is hard about their uh, gentleman's sweet yep, prediction yep. on the NBA Finals, but my man Patrick is a hardcore NBA fan, so uh, we, uh, we can recommend some entertainment for you. Yeah, no, I can't wait for Summer League. Yeah. 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 Also, the second, because my man does not like movies. Movies. You know, that's movies. So, yeah, so, of course, Summer League. You got the draft in, what, a week and a half? Uh, a week from weeks? Thursday. Yeah, so a little, little over a week. Got the draft. And you'll celebrate that for like a month. Yep. That's gonna be like a, that's a month long celebration for Spurs fans. I mean, Wendy comes to town. Well, like, and I mean, I'm sure we're gonna make some other great draft picks as well. 
Uh, yes, it's the Spurs. I mean, we yeah. <laughs> but the one that we most talked about will be with me. Who I'm sure I wouldn't doubt if he had gets to town before they even draft. I wouldn't doubt if there's like rumors that he's already. I, I would surprise right? me if he was coming to Texas before he went to Chicago next week. Yeah, because the draft's in Chicago, so that will be oh, where everyone, first. everyone yes. will be there because yeah. he's got to do the walk across and yeah. shake hands with Adam Silver and do all that too. It's gonna, must be nice. You know, we got to figure out what his fit's going to be. Uh, oh for, yeah. Because that's always that's always something, especially in NBA. I mean, yeah. the, I will see he's a fashionista. Yeah. Um, so he, something strikes me, he's gonna go classy with it. You're not gonna go too crazy. Not go too crazy. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into uh, the NBA, the last of the NBA games uh, for the uh, 2023 season, because now the Denver Nuggets, cor- uh, the coronation uh, happened last night, uh, and actually it did not. They did not cover the spread like I thought. I thought they would cover the number, which was, what, eight and a half, I believe, or might have climbed to nine. Uh, the fight from the Miami Heat kept it close even in the fourth quarter, uh, but the Denver Nuggets were able to pull it out on their home court. So we'll get into that and dive into it and talk about what the Denver Nuggets now um, have in their kind of their championship window and how long this championship window could last for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, you can also be a part of the show. You're the most important part of the heartbeat of it, 512-337-3776. You also can use the Twitterverse, Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis said, it's Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, let's start with it and get your thoughts on this uh, really just a great run overall. I think now we can talk about the run instead of just talking about Game 5. We can get into the details of Game 5, too. Uh, But this run by the Denver Nuggets in the playoffs is historic for a lot of different reasons. Uh, we'll get into the individual uh, accolades of one uh, Nikola Jokic, who was uh-huh. given the MVP award, the finals MVP award as well. I am shocked by that. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, 94-89 win for Denver. And it ended up being kind of a rock fight. It right? did. It, it wasn't it, it expected it to be higher scoring than that. It's rare you get a uh, an NBA game that doesn't get either one of the teams in triple digits. That's what happened. So it ended up being a game that I thought Miami just in the first half, and I know the first half is not really anything you can you know bank on because this, these games were won in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the Heat forced ten turnovers in the first half, mm-hmm. um, and the Denver Nuggets were horrible from three point range. They actually shot 1 of 15 from three-point range in the first half. Uh, That was the worst uh, three-point percentage in a half in finals history, in any half, uh, three-point percentage. I think it was six, a little over 7%, 6.7%, something like that. It was was really ugly. And the Heat led 51-44, and that was even without Jimmy Butler having – you know, a good game. Right. Jimmy was still off. Uh, and Jamal Murray at that point had more turnovers than field goals. So that was hope for Miami, mm-hmm. at least in the first half. And even into the third quarter, I mean, you're talking about a 71-70 lead for Miami going in, entering the fourth quarter. And Denver found a way to win it in the fourth quarter, outscored, I believe, 24-18 in the fourth quarter. And they, they, they smelled it. They knew it was close. Uh, yeah, I mean, if it would have gone to a sixth game, Denver could have won it then. Hell, Denver could have won it in seven, whatever. Uh, but I love the championship DNA, the championship pedigree they showed to win an ugly game. Oh, for sure. Sometimes you got to go just win it ugly. That, that, and that was an ugly win, and they got it. And we talked about it before we left yesterday. We were saying that the over-under, I would take the under total points, and I would also take uh, the, the the Miami Heat to cover 
the nine and a half. I, I just thought that was what it was going to be. Not necessarily thinking it was going to be that bad of a rock fight, but I just knew both teams were going to go out there and give everything that they had. Uh, Miami, they had, they didn't have any room for failure. They had to go out there and play hard, so we knew that was going to happen. In Denver, when you know that you have a closeout situation, sometimes you press. Sometimes you don't make things as easy as it once was with the ball movement. Um, they were too excited. They were too amped up. Call it whatever you want. But at the end of the day, when you have that much star power, when I say star power, I'm talking about Jamal Murray and you have Nikola Jokic. It's tough to beat them when you just have Jimmy and everybody else. We've been talking about it the entire time. These guys have battled, 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 but at the end of it, they were running out of gas. They were a gassed basketball team. When you see guys start falling short of their shots, being very indecisive, you're mentally exhausted. You're mentally exhausted. And so for them to go out there and do what they did, shout out to Spolstra and being able to build up this team of of – uh, the land of misfit toys because they were all we were making that underdog story the undrafted this is who they are they all the junkyard dogs but at the end of the day when you got a superstar who still hasn't been an uh, an all star yet in uh, Murray and of course you got the MVP in the Joker and Mike Malone man Mike Malone pushing all the right buttons man I, I'm, I'm excuse me Michael mm-hmm. I'm, well, right he, he's a champ now he could be Mike. <laughs> he could be Mike now. Hold on, didn't he want to be called yeah, Michael? Yeah, he wanted to be called Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you got to call him yeah, man Michael. got to call him Michael. He did his job, and, and it was so cool to watch the city of Denver, the Gronky family, and what the, we'll get into them, too, of what they've been able to do. But for them to win that, what an amazing run by the Denver Nuggets. Uh, yeah, no, it is. It's no question. And Jokic now, the conversation changes, the narrative shifts. Mm-hmm. He can be in the conversation of the all-time greats, the GOATs uh, in NBA history. And the truth is, we start going through the numbers, and we will a little bit later on, he is he could stop right now, and he would be in that, he would already be in that rarefied air mm-hmm. with the greatest players in NBA history. Now that he's got, he's put a ring on it officially. Officially, he's twenty-eight years old, but his resume already puts him as one of the top twenty players of all time. Yeah, that's crazy to think that it automatically shifts with a ring. But that's how that's how much you know prodigious clout you get once you put a ring on it, right? Well, and when you put a ring as finals MVP, as the man, as a guy who everybody says the best player in the league, it just puts it on that special like, oh no, you took a team to the finals, you dominated in the playoff run, you get a gentleman sweep in the finals, and this was, Jamal Murray did a lot, the team did a lot, Michael Malone's a great coach, but without Jokic, this is a playing team. At best. Agreed. And so when you look at it that way, it's just you get that extra special boost of, oh, there's not that many players in league history that are able to take a group of good players and one of their star who's who is known not to be the most consistent, but he's a good player, and, you know, dominate a playoffs. D- you're right. Dominate I mean, a playoffs. He, and to that point, to add to Patrick's point, he led <laughs> all players – in the NBA playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. He's the first player in NBA history to do that in a playoff run. So, 
that alone just sounds like a yeah. You would think you know like oh man, somebody had to have done that at one point, but nobody has the versatility of a skill set <laughs> exactly. like Jokic. That just that's the that's person that I would think alone. would be. Magic Johnson. That would have been the only Magic person that I would have been Magic that is one. probably the, there are a couple of them. Yeah, right. probably you think okay, they they should have sniffed it. Magic is probably right. the most. I'm with you. That's probably the most likely. Surprised that it didn't happen. LeBron could right. LeBron would have been in LeBron that category in that as category. well. Yeah, and, it, but a lot of those guys don't get as many triple doubles as you think they do. Right, because a triple double player like Russell Westbrook is not usually going to have a prodigious in playoff run. It's a different style of basketball. So to be able to be a triple double person. And actually have it have the results that you want to have it. it. That's that's why it's so special is because he's basically able to continually find the right passes for the assists. But I, he's not making like so many guys that have a lot of assists have a lot of missed shots off of passes too, mm-hmm. and they just get assists because they're always they just throw you know thirty five passes that are immediately shots, and they get ten assists. So they made twenty five of them are missed shots. And Jokic is much more of okay. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to get it to you. And then their percentage is a lot higher because he doesn't necessarily. He's not going for assist numbers as much. It's a weird thing, but it's his numbers. His assist numbers don't seem like they should be as high as they are. He probably could have more if. But he also throws a lot of assists too, which are great ones of him basically pulling a defender and the other defender and him finding between two defenders a cutting. Yeah, player who can just lay it up or dunk it, and like that was Michael Porter Jr. His shot did not fall all those playoffs, but he had some big plays where he just started to get to the rim to just go. Look, I got to make some sort of impact in this series. Right, I might as well try and get to the rim and get some points that way. And it, it is right? he, he is, and you know, Spolstra had a you know quote about him too that essentially he's almost unstoppable um, from in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's just there's no real. There's no blueprint right now on how to stop Jokic. There will be. Give the NBA time, and they'll try to figure out some things. They got a whole offseason now to look at film on what yeah. will make them better against him. You can't stop him completely, but you can impede his progress, so to speak, where he's just not being able to do whatever he wants at any time on the court. Uh, okay, so uh, how about this? So now uh, one of thir- he's one of 13 players to win at least – Two regular season MVP awards and an NBA title, but he's one of eleven to win two regular season MVPs, at least one title, and a Finals MVP as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in, like I said, he's, he's behind the ver- the velvet rope yep. at this point, <laughs> even among the greats. He's getting facial recognition where he can walk in anywhere now. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if he does. He probably should have more of right. that. You know, right. there is a Shohei Otani factor with him, where he's the best player in the sport. And I don't know if every, if you bring his name, if you drop you name drop him in every conversation. With does every does everybody know who he is, regardless of whether they're a sports fan or not? They should. They should. They should. Everybody knows LeBron, whether they're a sports fan or not. Everybody, you know, what I mean, like they. That's because LeBron is controversial to some people, yeah. right? So they're like, oh, that's LeBron. That's the guy that's over here. Blah blah blah. But yeah. now when you look at this guy, because he does not care. I know. Like, he, exactly. Yeah. That, and that's part of it, too. It's a you Mike call Trout, him Mike Trout. There's yeah. a Mike, yeah. Mike Trout factor here, yeah. too, where he doesn't care that much, which is good. It's it's We'll get some sound, audio. It is, it's funny because he's got a lot of dry humor, and it's great. It's authentic. Um, but, yeah, when he doesn't want to, when he doesn't even want to attend the parade and <laughs> yeah. be an ambassador, he's like, what? He wants to dominate the sport. <laughs> it, you know, it doesn't. 
it's not going to help him transcend from the sports page to the front page. It goes back like, to your point of wanting Jimmy. You want a Jimmy. Because yeah, Jimmy's got well, more of that 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 charismatic information yes. that is out there that you're going to be like, oh, man, look at Jimmy. He's wild. Joker's like, I want to go see my baby, and I want to go see my horses. Is it? <laughs> I don't and have I'm gonna dominate, Let me dominate this sport, but then <laughs> I want to go home. Exactly. ASAP. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let, let, me, let me ask you guys this, just for the sake of conversation. What big man all time, let's have a hypothetical thought experiment. What big man all time would you take ahead of Jokic now? Give me the one you got to, you know. You, I mean. Give me the one. Like, no, I, I take, these are the big men I take ahead of Jokic. I'm always take Kareem and I'm always take Shaq. I always take Kareem, I always take Shaq. Okay. Kareem, because Kareem, yeah, because think about what Kareem, why, how he set himself apart, right? Kareem was, the longevity was a big part. Longevity and mm-hmm. productivity. But for That's sure. That's why he, for was, sure. he was the all-time lead scorer for so long. Just longevity. And he had, he got, he had a signature shot. Yep. A lot of these set him apart for Shaq. Man, Shaq, talk just about dominant. Talk and about the dominant and big the dominant man. Because brute force, we hadn't seen brute force. <laughs> I mean, big men are big men. No. But even big men will, even they had to, uh, 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 they had to admit that basically he could impose his will on them. Everyone. He was that much of a force of nature. Absolutely. Yeah. It's there's a few guys that have had rules made for them, and there's a few guys that have had basically you have to get people on your roster. You're like, we have to sacrifice a spot or two just for guys to go bump with Shaq. And right. Kareem had that. Wilt had that. And it's good. we're going to see if Jokic, if there's somebody else just goes, look, man, we can't, we can't run a small ball lineup all the time. We have to find somebody that can go in there and just do something to him to try and slow him down. But unlike Shaq, he can shoot threes, which kind of makes it a lot harder to find a guy. Because That's, yeah, the, the three point shot is kind of wild. The, the shooting, yeah. the dribbling. Because Shaq basically, if he had the ball 10, 15 feet away from the basket, you're like, yeah, just double team and steal it. He will. It's a turnover ninety percent of the time. But and if he gets within, yeah. if he's within six, seven feet, the hack, Shaq, the hack yeah. of Shaq factor is just big in his dominance, though, to show you how dominant he was. It does suck that yeah. he couldn't make a free throw and get better at it. He didn't I care about that. Which we saw I last night. I, have to. I mean, there was a point he, he where all-time lead score potentially. <laughs> there was a point throw. where I felt they need to go over to Kyle Lowry and be like, "Dude, we see what you're doing. Just stop." But they were basically running into Jokic and falling over at a point in the game, trying to get him fouled out, like mm-hmm. trying to get him in foul trouble again. Yeah, because he got in foul Flop trouble early. Yeah. And three plays in a row, Kyle Lowry went into him, grabbed his arm, and fell over. And you were like, dude, this is the cheapest way to try and do this. Yeah. Hey, and I get what you're trying to do. It's a compliment. But this is why people hate the NBA yeah. is because you're just like, I'm just going to, like, I'm a bench player. I'm playing like 30 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and just come in and try, try and ruin the game. But it just shows you how dominant Yogi says, like, man, we're out of ideas. And right. go in there and just try to flop on him and get a foul. <laughs> That's the strategy. That is the strategy. Go. Yeah. And <laughs> what ended up happening is it backfired because they basically swallowed their whistles at that point because they were like, if, if Miami's going to start falling over at everything, we're, yeah. not, we're not calling hey. anything anymore. And we're just gonna let it roll out. All right. So, how many you said? You said hard. You said you said Shaq and Kareem for you. Yep, for sure. Those are your two. You take yep. ahead of them. Yep. I got the Wilt in there potentially. We ain't seen Wilt. Wilt's always in that weird category. I know. So Wilt statistically and historically, you know what I'm yeah, just historically, big man yeah. Wilt is what's the standard. Statistically for so long. and historically, he he's in the discussion. I don't know if you put him in any other era that he is near that same product productivity because he was just he was an anomaly oh, of size, and that's a discussion we have for almost every. And there's been there's been other person. guys closer to him than a Shaq who like there has never been there's been one of him 
one of a kind. That's one of yeah. Shaq. Yeah. But yeah, he's I, one I, of one. But if yeah. we're talking, <laughs> if we're talking big men before Jokic, there's probably still five or six. I mean, Tim's ahead of him. Akeem's ahead of him. Uh, uh, Bill Russell's ahead of him. Shaq's ahead of him. Kareem's ahead of him. Wilt's probably ahead of him. Because all of these, remember, this is a five-year career. And, and we can say, wow, he was really great. But where's Derrick Rose on your point guard list for his two years of, of dominance? And I know he didn't win a ring, but no. I mean, like, Derek, no. but he's not a top 75 player, even though he, he could have been said he was the best player in the league for two years. So yeah. I, I'm just he saying, it's, when, we look back on, when we look back on, on Jokic's career, if he goes and he <laughs> quits playing today and he leaves, he's, he's a top 30, 40 player in the NBA because he only did it for a amount of time. And part of what doing it is, is that longevity to be able to continue to do it. Now, I think he can for another 10 years and he will go up that list. But as of right now, five years in, basically three of those, four of those being really dominant, three or four of those being really dominant, and a couple of underwhelming playoff runs. And that one, you you can't, I can't put him above all time legends this early I'm, in. I'm not looking at it from that point of view. And I, that's a good point in terms of all time resume and then their accolades and what they stacked up. That's a part of it. That gets you in the club, that gets you in yep. the conversation. After that, I get into what sets them apart. And that's why I got into like uh, what set Kareem apart, right? His longevity, productivity, that was great for him. Um, but with Jokic, the thing that uh, in a league of X Men, um, his X Men ability is his versatility. I mean, the, the stat says it in itself, right? He led all players in the playoffs in points, rebounds, and assists. First player in NBA history to do so. One texture says the dream. The saying the dream would be yeah, because the dream was a two more of a two way player. Tim Duncan more of a two way yeah. player yeah. gave it to you on both ends of the floor. Not saying Jokic isn't you know a liability or an embarrassment defensively, but he's not considered elite on both ends. Those guys at one point were considered elite on yeah. both ends of the floor. Could be all NBA first team and all defense first team. That's what you know that could set them apart. So when I have a conversation, that's kind of what I'm looking at when I talk about the conversation of. You know, who would I take above him? And this is not me. I mean, right now, I think he is right, probably right outside the top five, like mm-hmm. all time big yeah. men, like right outside. So whether it be seven, you know, six, wherever it is, he's right outside. Cause you can have a, a real debate about all time where he stands statistically. I'll, I'll, I did some deep dive and some rabbit hole and I'll give it to you guys later. But I'm telling you, man, he's a generational talent and he's just 28. As Patrick mentioned, and this is just the beginning of. So we're having this conversation now. Hopefully, at the beginning of his run, it could just be a one-year run. It could just be a one-year thing. Well, and, and, could, uh, he's multiple not, MVP. Yeah, it's he's not already a run no, yet. no. I'm talking about yeah for, 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 the, for the championships. championships. Okay. I'm talking about the run for okay. the championships. Okay. Yeah, I'm talking about not for him. Yeah, for, yeah. for the titles, which we all know, the more rings you put on it. Yeah. Your goatness grows. It grows. The case yeah. for your goatness grows. Yep. So he can't just be a stat monger. They gotta be that no, can be great, but you gotta put the rings on. No, and that's why Bill Russell gets in that conversation always is because you go, Yeah, the guy's got eleven rings. Mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> and I get it's at a different time where they had a very stacked lineup and there was a lot of things going on. But when you say, Oh no, this guy is the pin like the P, the middle piece of the best the biggest dynasty in sports. Yep. or at least the biggest dynasty in the NBA, in those Celtics runs and wins so many titles, it's it just a different level because it's one of those things that no one else has ever been able to accomplish. And as amazing as it is, we can say there is another two-time MVP with one title currently in the league. And Giannis. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. is another guy that's there, and I think Jokic is better than Giannis, but 
I there is another guy with that resume currently playing in the NBA, it, which is why I say it could just be a one year thing because. Yeah. Right now, the path for Giannis to get back seems like it's you know it's going to be yeah. a long one. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's got a sure thing. Now the East is kind of wide open, uh, yeah. but I don't know if you would consider them. Oh man, they're guaranteed to win the East. What Murray has two more years on his contract, and Joker is in Denver from tw- through twenty six, twenty seven season. So there is a possibility of this team being able to make a run. Now the biggest question is when you have success, how do you bounce back from success? Right. What is the what is the ultimate goal? I think because of the way that he carries himself, I think he's going to be ready to go back and defend the title just because of his nature. He doesn't. He, he wants to go to horse racing this weekend. He wants to get back. His focus <laughs> is going to be totally different. And I firmly believe that Mike Malone, excuse me, Michael Malone is going to lead this team to another championship. So then we'll revisit it. I don't know if he'll be the MVP. I don't know if all of that's going to be true. But what I do know is this is a season of first. The first time that they had the best Western Conference record, the first time that they swept a team in the series, not this one, but before, first championship for 47 years. Uh, And let's not forget this MVP, the first MVP that he's gotten, he was the 40, 41st overall draft pick, and he was picked up during a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> Nobody even saw him get drafted. Yeah. That dude is amazing. I'm going to give him his flowers now. Now, it may only be a week, may only be a year, but that man deserves his flowers. First player drafted outside the top 15 to win yeah. MVP and in the regular season and finals MVP. Yeah. That doesn't take those guys drafted outside the top 15 usually don't sniff those types of accolades. 600 points, 269 rebounds. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. No, it's, uh, like I said, he's in, right now he's in a one-ring club, to Patrick's point. Yeah. Uh, Giannis is in that club. Um, AD's in it. Um, ah. Yeah, the current hey, guys. Well, no, and I'll, and I'll tell you this. You I think they're... The guys got one ring. Oh, like, oh, oh, because he... Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I forgot one, that they won yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, guys got one ring. One yeah. ring, superstars, you know... Yeah. Stars who got one ring, um, and retired guys, Jerry West, Oscar, Big O, Dirk's in that category, KG's in that category, mm-hmm. uh, Moses Malone's in that category, um, Bob Pettit, and Dr. J, if you take out the ABA I stuff. I love Dr. J. So those guys, like I said, those those are, you're talking about goats there. Yeah. Um, but you separate, and then you go into an even rarefied, more rarefied category if you win two. Yeah, and I mean, this will be an, a telling offseason, too, of guys like Bruce Brown, uh, if he gets a bigger contract coming mm-hmm. out of it, and some of these other guys that are role players that end up getting contracts, it, that was a thing that helped the Spurs for years, is, you know, you get a good role player because you go, yeah, I can come there, and then I'll, you know, play two or three years and get a good contract out of it. So those two or three years may be tough because Pop's going to yell at me and I'll have to play a bunch of defense, but I'll go get paid after I get done with it. So if I'm right on that edge... And I get to play with a guy like Bruce, like like Tim Duncan or like Jokic, where he's going to be trying to find me. I'm playing with a superstar who's trying to find me at my best. He's trying to find me when I'm open. He's trying to find me when I'm cutting to the basket. Those are things that, you know, players are looking for when you're scouting good in the NBA, looking at free agents, and you have a guy that, hey, man, he, you know, he wants – 15 over here, but maybe we can get him for, for eight or nine because he wants to come here and we'll get him on a two-year deal 
and he helps us open that window back up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and hey, you, you know, as long as you can compete for championships, guys will you know play for a discount. Yeah. I should and when say. you have a superstar <laughs> who passes the ball well, it is a giant advantage when trying to get free agents versus a superstar where it's like, look, we're going to throw it. Me. We're going to throw it in the paint. <laughs> and we're going to wait. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 we're going to run an offense, and you're going to get your shots up. Yeah, it's uh, it really is amazing what the uh, the skill set <laughs> of mm-hmm. Jokic has done to really kind of transform that Denver Nuggets team. So now you know people got to start watching the Denver Nuggets. I don't think people really were watching Denver Nuggets before this playoff run, mm-hmm. um, and now people understand uh, what what all the talk, what all the the talk, and what all of the uh, the hubbub is about when it comes to Nikola Jokic. All right, we'll come back to that conversation. We come, we get into the other side. We'll go to uh, this. Very disappointing, gut-wrenching, soul-crushing loss for Texas baseball to Stanford in the Super Regionals. My man Hard, Hardball Hall is going to break it all down for you right here on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful nine the horn. Right here on 104.9 The Horn, top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, uh, plays jams. That reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And, um, man, unfortunately, I wish I thought he was going to play something a little bit more um, upbeat, like uh, optimistic, because this song is, um, what's this song about originally? I have no idea. Okay, is it like a, it's a deep meaning or something? Um, but I don't know. It's it the mood it's setting for the discussion we're about to have <laughs> about Texas baseball. Man, <laughs> it's not putting me at ease at uh, all on a top of the charts Tuesday. Uh, Texas baseball with a soul crushing, gut wrenching, heartbreaking, uh, numbing, brutal, uh, devastating. Any adjective you want to put out there? Whatever word you want to attach to. That means not good. Loss. Yeah. To uh, Stanford last night and. Hard, you know you you play a lot of baseball. Uh, Have you ever lost a ball in absolutely, the lights? Absolutely. How often does it, it happen? It happens more than you think, especially okay. at the twilight time. And that's exactly where it happened. And you know, we can we'll get into that in just a minute, but I want to give a shout out to this entire team because if you think about it, they were down three nothing in the second. They come back in the fourth and they get three. Then the Stanford team, the Stanford Cardinal come back and they get three. And you're sitting there saying, come on, man, we just needed some opportunities here. Mm-hmm. You can, can they do it? And as time goes on, you start, ah, we're losing outs here. And you battled all the way back. You get it tied. And for that to happen, and in a fashion in which it did, it is gut-wrenching in that situation. Because you, you brought it up just a minute ago, Rod. I've been in that situation. And I was talking to a bunch of buddies of mine that – have, that played the game, and we've been on the field together, and we were talking about how the infielders are normally told before, hey, guys, the outfielders are telling the infielders, I can't see it. 
So if the ball goes up, go as hard as you can, Try no matter get, where it is. Yeah. Because if it goes above the lights, it's going to be difficult for us to see because it's dusk now. And last weekend against Texas A&M, it happened multiple times. Mm-hmm. And then it came back to get Texas this time. And there were so many different things that happened in there. But I, wanna, I wanted to say that, you know, this team has been very, very fun to watch. They have battled. They are, are a team that – we didn't give them big opportunities. I mean, we didn't give them a chance, really, at the beginning of the year. And I'll get into that in my Hard Knocks life. But the way that they went out there, the way that they battled, uh, the way Lucas Gordon was like, all right, this is my bullpen day. Because remember, he did that earlier in the year, and everybody was losing their mind. When he pitched in a game, and then on his bullpen day, he ended up having to come back into a game. And they were like, why are they pitching Lucas Gordon? Those are the situations that he was building for. Because everything throughout the year, you have to see who's going to react in a certain way. And for him to come back out there, be as effective as he was, uh, Tanner Witt, Zane Morehouse, everybody that went out there and, and battled through. But those guys, it was just a very, very unfortunate situation. As the ball goes up, I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, yeah, no, because I could see the then, way the angle was that nobody knew where the ball was. Nobody. And everybody keeps saying Dylan Dylan Campbell didn't see it. Eric Kennedy didn't see it either. If no. you look at the outfield, Jack O'Dowd on the infield was still on the infield because if he didn't see it, he'd have been running out there. The only person who really saw the ball was Mitchell Daly. But I've been in a situation too, Rod, where I see it, I put my head down and I start to look and see where everybody else is. And then I look back up. I can't see the ball. Can't identify. You again. have to be able to. I mean, you have to be so dialed in at those times that even if you do see it, you lose it just like that. Yeah, it you is can see very it off tough. the bat and yes. then still lose it. And absolutely. Once it gets so high, once it gets through the light, you exactly. go, oh, I lost it. Especially if you blink or if you look to see if somebody else is coming. Yeah. And then you try to go back up and find it. It's very, very difficult to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's they, a hopeless feeling. We also saw the entire Stanford bench lost the previous hit. That was off the wall. They all lost that one and thought it was over yeah, the wall. I thought it was a home run. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah, they celebrated. That's why he threw his helmet uh, off ten yep. minutes before the other one. <laughs> yep, uh, or took his helmet off, and they thought it should have been a penalty. And I know Longhorn fans said it should have been a penalty, uh, yep. but I get it. Uh, but still, it's uh, yeah. I I know it happens a lot. You just brought up that it happened to the Aggies too. Um, as a matter of fact, we got some audio of Dylan Campbell talking about it and from his perspective, what happened in uh, that unfortunate fly ball that the uh, Texas Longhorns lost in the lights. Honestly, I don't even know. Um, I mean, like you saw, it was just just Mother Nature. I mean, it was a twilight sky, and me and EK couldn't see the ball um, off the bat. So, I mean, that's just very fortunate on there and that it happened like that. Um, I mean, I don't. I guess we just got to move forward. I guess. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. It's, it's over. So he couldn't see it off the bat, yeah. and I guess if you don't see it off the bat, you it, got no shot. You got no shot because again, the only Good shot thing. you have is looking at your infielders to bail you out. That's it because that's what you're taught. I played outfield and I played infield. I played infield the majority of my professional career, even in little league. You have to be in control of making sure because you also know. 
that it's getting to that twilight because you can't see. So everybody is all dialed in in those situations. But once it gets above those cheap little league lights that they had out there in Stanford, that is where the loss of the sight of the ball is. Listen, that was a great baseball Mm. game. We saw everything. I know everybody keeps complaining about the umpires. Umpire missed calls on both sides of the plate. Dylan Campbell, you could have said he was struck out three times. The umpire didn't call him out. There were some pitches that you could have said the Stanford guy could have been called out on some. He didn't call him out. It was almost like he didn't want to ring people up at one point. But there were some times where you're like, just keep putting the ball in play. Keep putting the ball in play. It's going to break. Remember, on Saturday, we got lucky on a break in the outfield where the dude dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. So that That's game, that series could have been over <laughs> quickly, but we saw the fight in this baseball team. We've seen it all year. They they may be down, but they're never out, and they put them there. And for the end of the season to happen like that, that is the most disheartening, hurtful. Mm. I mean, I would have I would have wanted to get beat down as opposed to that right there. I just uh, it's one of those it's gonna take a while to process. Yeah, you know, usually when you can kind of point out, you know, the reasons that you lost. And I'm sure when you go back and they'll go back and break it down. Absolutely. And when they they do, they'll go back and find out, hey, we, you know, we we could have had an extra run here. We gave up a, a, a extra run here. There were, you know, there were mar- a margin for error, of course, was 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 a slight one. It was yep. a small margin for error. Um, but, man, they fought all the way down to the end. And oh, for it to end on basically a phenomenon that you know, <laughs> baseball people talk about that usually happens within the game but doesn't determine the game. It happened within no. the game at some time, but that basically what game was on the line and it happened. And give Stanford credit, that's a hell of a home field advantage. Man. That and that's like it's allowed. They have like what, LED lights or something? I don't so even the, think they have LED light. Like I said, I think they have them lights that we have at our house. <laughs> like it's not working <laughs> properly because if you have those LED lights, it would be a lot brighter. You've been to the University of Texas, you've seen those lights. It's bright. It's really bright. You've seen them at Round Rock Express. Those things are bright. Those look like we were playing in the dark. So you're saying they're not bright enough. They're not bright enough. Those those lights are terrible, and they're not high enough. That's the other part, because if you push them up higher, you have more room to see it. If they're on a, only at a certain level, that's like the old school minor league ballparks hmm. where they have they have the old, old lights where you can't see and you expect it at the lower levels. But at Stanford, come on, man. Invest in the lights. Well, maybe because they usually play more in the day. They never Probably. play that late. Yeah, because that, that, is, that is really late. That's yeah. pretty late for them. So yeah. it, it worked out in their favor. No excuses. Texas, you know, you had a great run, and, and it's very, very unfortunate um, how that game ended. But the way that you battled back, Jack O'Dowd swinging the bat well. I mean, driving in runs. Uh, Dylan Campbell coming up with that. Great base hit up the middle. Then you have him making a great play in the outfield, throwing an absolute laser beam that Bo Jackson gave him a shout-out in. I mean, there's just so many different things that you could take away from that game. But the biggest thing for me, situationally, you still had to do some things a little bit different, and there were opportunities where you left a lot of men on base, too. Uh, that's what, yeah, it's actually what our texter here talks about. Cracked Apple of Austin said we left bases loaded in the seventh. Yep. Left runners on in the sixth. It sucks that we lost that way, but we had opportunities we did. Uh, to we blow did. it wide open. Yep. 
Texas, uh, yeah. what, left 11 men on base yesterday? And what have I told you before? I mean, you can't leave those kind of situational. situational. You got to be able to drive them in and, and shorten up and put the ball in play. I mean, we had 12 strikeouts again yesterday. Uh, Texas, how does a school with a multi-billion dollar endowment in a top-tier engineering school not have decent sports lighting? Even Aggie can manage that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think they don't play a lot of night games. It's got to be the reason that they they maybe they would give. But also, it is a it's, it's an advantage if no. your team you know knows how to play in that environment and other for other teams. It's uncommon for them. Yeah. As you point out, it would be you know, kind of an advantage. They, they, they know how to hit the ball in the air and make you have to make a play. So I, I mean, say, that's the thing that drives me nuts is because he did everything right. That is a routine play. That's like getting a ground ball back to the pitcher and him throwing it into the stands. Those are the plays that you sit there and you're like, ah, man, that's how baseball go. That is how baseball go. <laughs> It's yeah. a cruel game, man. Well, like we always talk about, you can be a failure seven out of ten times at the mm. plate and still bat three hundred and looked at as a star. It was just so. It it really was, man. I because <laughs> even if Texas would have lost, it wouldn't have been as painful, right? As losing in that 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 manner. Like if he rips it cool. off the wall, if they get it's a, a homer, just, right? I'm like, all right. If a boy hits that walk off that everybody thought was a walk off and they hit the felt, wall, I would have felt like they earned it. Like Stanford earned it. They beat yes. Texas. It's all good. Yes. Um. And then even if honestly, if that was a True era by Texas, kind of an old like yeah, ground ball throwing it into the stands. Yes, I'd have felt better about it. Been there. This one, it just leaves you sick. It's just it's it was a disgusting feeling. (laughs) It was disgusting. I was just sitting uh, there like you can't you you can't yell you can't yeah scream you're just like. Damn. You just forced to eat, <laughs> just forced to eat it. Yeah, just like, you're just like, I don't know how to. Damn. And it's going to take a while to process that, right. man. I, I, I will put it this way. I just went and washed the dishes. That's literally what I did last night. I watched the, the finish of the, the the NBA finals. And you're like, wow, that was crazy. All right. And then you watch that. And you're like, oh, my God, Texas. And that happens. I'm like, all right. Watch these dishes. So <laughs> <laughs> all my brain could do to process anything right. yeah. is I, let me I'm just go do, do something manually dishes. that I don't have to think about anything because that I don't like. I just feel so bad for the kids. Oh man, that that's what happened. But there's nothing you can do. No, that's literally what that's what Dylan Campbell said. Yeah, he, he he's already on his way to processing it, and I wish him the best. He's he's leaving right to go get drafted. Well, I mean, he oh, really? he, he definitely will be drafted. Now right. it's about the financial compensation if it fits to what. He's looking for okay. from professional baseball. Doesn't mean I mean you're at that point now where what is this? His junior year, people are staying in college a little bit longer. Mm. Um, there may be some opportunities for him. I don't really? know. It just you okay. you just gotta l- let it all play out, especially especially because of the fact you don't know what the draft is going, how it's going to shake out. Because yeah. there may be some other guys that they look at and was like, all right, let's run with this guy. Or, hey, let's slot money for him at this spot. Because a lot of that now is the talking game. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to offer you this amount of money if we take you at this <laughs> round. How do you feel about that? And then you start negotiating that as well. So it's uh, a lot to play with now. Yeah, uh, that he he would be, to me, I think it's like he's he'd be cashing in on his best season. 
By far. By far, right? He's by, like, by, by far. He I is, mean, a, 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 it, it's unbelievable his value the growth that we high. saw yeah, no question. from but, that young man this year. Uh, but you're right, man. Maybe he sees uh, more upside by coming back. That no. would be great. Uh, but we'll discuss more of what that. What did you say about NIL for Texas baseball? What was it? Like the lowest percentage? It's like 10th yeah. out of all the sports. All the sports at it's Texas. 10th right. in terms of revenue yeah. generated so, for particular so sports. So what we said is all that money you saved up for Jello shots, TexasOneFund.org. <laughs> TexasOneFund.org. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, they, so I, that's why if the money's not right, you know, here at Texas for the NIL, I mean, yeah. they would have to be able to try to yeah. compete with whatever. And I'm not sure if he's graduated yet either. He might be a graduate already, too. That also, you know, what I'm saying. So it kind of, kind of plays into it. Yeah, he can start on oh, his I'm a, I'm, Believe me, yeah, if there's anything hey. your boy can donate, that's in a beautiful, <laughs> you know, spot. A, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, we can talk about the uh, the future of Texas baseball a little bit later on. Uh, we'll get back to that conversation. Six o'clock and hard is going to do at four thirty. Yep. He's going to do a tribute, if you will, no to Texas baseball's uh, season uh, ending last night in heartbreaking fashion. All right, we come back. We'll get into the flex on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on one hundred four nine The Horn. Kind of laid back, ain't much an old country boy like me can't hack. It's early to rise, early in the sack. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, a simple kind of life never did me no harm. Raising me a family and working on the farm. My days are all filled with an easy country charm. Thank God I'm a country boy. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got me old fiddle. When the sun's coming up, I got cakes on the griddle. And life ain't nothing <laughs> but a Welcome back to Baldo Live right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, plays jams. that reached the top of the Billboard charts in, on this day in history. Uh, okay, last thing we talked Texas baseball, and I I recognized the song, we didn't know what the song was, but just felt the, the mood of the song was you fitting, felt the vibe. fitting for the conversation we're yeah. gonna have. What was the song, Patrick? So it's "Painted Black" by the Rolling Stones, but yeah. this song I looked up what it was, and they were like, "Oh, this was written after Mick Jagger uh, suffered a sudden loss." There you go. See, I knew it. I was like, "See, I didn't." I, that, that's just me feeling the music, yeah. you know, right? And I was like, "No, man, this feels unfortunately feels apropos." For the conversation we're yep. about to have, we're just having the conversation about um, the 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 fly ball that got lost in the lights. Um, man, Hart, when it happened to you, how and how many times are you talking about it? You said oh, I've had a, oh, I've I've had it multiple have times. You been, how, now you were, you ever it bailed out? It was never out? out the yeah we yes or, yes. Or, were you bailed out at, on the play or or did it drop to the ground? Are we you talking about? It was it hit the ground. we had a little bit of both. I've had I've had both happen. Okay. I've had both where a guy is scoring from first base on a routine pop up. Uh-huh. I've had a guy where I've had to run out to short right field mm. to go get a ball because nobody could see. Nobody could see it. You're yeah. the only one that saw it. And I've I've been in left field where I've turned and ran backwards and the ball wasn't going that far because the guy had a good swing on it, but he missed hit it. I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, it it, it is it, it is the most fearful thing that you can do in baseball. Because now we're baseball. hearing like a lot of baseball guys come out and be like, oh, no, it happens. happens all the all time. time. Like Greg Sandell talk about it. All the time. It's just crazy that it it's, hasn't happened more often. But like you said, in the big leagues, you don't see it because they got they great, got great lighting. That's right. And well, this is one of those, those situations where on a big stage, on a big platform, you got Stanford and they're and, kind of – And the reality is lighting. if that's with one out – the runner at second doesn't go. You the ball hits. You pick it up. Correct. You either have a throw. He Correct. probably only gets a third. Yep. So it has to be with two outs. 
Yeah, that was the drama. That, that is the drama. That's why. That's why he was head. That's why he was head to the dugout. That's why everybody was. Everybody <laughs> pointed out. It was like, yes. I'm like, yeah, no. Oh man. Yeah. Okay. Sorry to bring that back. We'll get. Don't back worry. To we're gonna it, be back at it again. Yes, we will. Okay. Go yeah. to flxatx.com. Flxatx on all of your social media platforms and go check out the flex there. There's uh, information about the uh, the 707 up there as well. Uh, tomorrow, remember, you'll have your Wednesday Night Flex, but all the older Flex shows uh, are up there at uh, flxatx.com. Um, so go to flxatx also on all your social media platforms. All right, we come back. We got J.J. Watt uh, discussion to get into and where he stands all time because he's being inducted into the Texans' ring of honor, gentlemen. Mm. Uh, quite quite the honor. Uh, actually, quite the honor for the Texans. They only got two people in it. I was so. just about to <laughs> ask you that. I was going to wait to ask, but uh, actually, now you said they only got Texas, two. As a Texas fan, I'm, I'm excited because the Ring of Honor now, it looks legitimate. Yeah, it's got more like, than two people. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. Also, we'll talk some Cowboys. And um, we may be looking at some NFL holdouts at the running back position. Hard has been saying it for a while. They need their own. You said they, they need their own union. They need a former union. They need the running yes. backs union. Uh, this may be the start of it potentially. And get we'll, David Mugaletta to be in charge of it. Oh man, the Johnny Cochran of yes, the NFL agents. because he will help you get your money. He will get your money, that's right. <laughs> By any means necessary. Exactly. Uh, I will talk about C.J. Stroud as well, taking first team reps uh, in minicamp already with the Texans and some other minicamp updates from around the NFL. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.